The Old Pre-Meds Podcast, session number 250. You're a non-traditional student entering the medical field on your terms. You may have had some hiccups along the way, but now you're ready to change course and go back and serve others as a physician. This podcast is here to help answer your questions and help educate you on your non-traditional journey to becoming a physician. Welcome to the Old Pre-Meds Podcast. My name is Dr. Ryan Gray, your host here every week, where I take questions directly from the non-traditional pre-med discussion over at premedforms.com. Now, Old Pre-Meds Podcast is brought to you by Mapped, which is the new technology platform that I co-founded specifically for pre-meds and in the future for pre-PA students, pre-dental students, pre-vet students, hopefully all pre-health students, but that is in the works. We have now close to, if not over 2,000 active members using Mapped, enjoying the benefits of being able to put all of their information all of their pertinent pre-med information in one place. And as we are speaking right now, as you're listening to this, our development team is working hard building the foundational platform, building the, the tools needed so that I can go in there and create a whole new feedback algorithm based on your specific information, based on your MCAT score, your GPA, when you want to start medical school, when you or how much activities you have, whether it's clinical experience, non-clinical experience, et cetera, we're going to be able to take every single piece of information that you give us and build specific feedback for you. Not general feedback, specific feedback based on your information that you put in Mapped. Sign up for a free two-week trial at mapped.com. That's M-A-P-P-D.com. Now, our question today comes from a student who is looking at retaking classes. Now, our question today comes from a student who's looking and questioning whether or not they should retake classes. They ask, Hi, I'm currently in my first semester of a Master's of Science in Biology program. Throughout my undergrad career, I was earning A's and B's with about one C a year on an upward trend, with junior year being the worst year due to working and personal issues. In the end, I earned a 3.11 cumulative GPA and a 2.9 science GPA. Five C's, Chem 2, Physics 1, Genetics, Biochem, Organic 1, and one D in Organic 2. I calculated that retake all retaking all of these classes with an A would bring my cumulative up to a 3.25 and my science up to a 3.15. I would uh, I would apply to osteopathic schools. Would I need to retake all of these classes or just a few? Or is doing well in my grad level science courses sufficient? I.e. taking grad level medical biochemistry means I won't need to take biochem again during my post back. If I do need to retake all or some of these six classes, should I enroll as a degree-seeking student and not just graduate since undergrad students are given registration priority over post-bac students? All right, so really good questions here. And at the end of the day, it comes down to a few variables. The biggest variable is what do the schools want? What do the schools prioritize? Do the schools prioritize undergraduate GPA or do they prioritize recent grades and GPA? 
If the schools don't care if your GPA is from a master's level coursework or if it's from undergraduate coursework, then you may be fine doing your master's degree, doing well in that and proving that you can handle the academic rigors of medical school. If like what seems to be the majority of schools out there, prefer undergraduate coursework, then your master's coursework may not have enough weight to help in this process. Now, there are lots of reasons why schools prefer undergraduate versus graduate. I actually have this conversation a lot with my VP of Academic Advising at MAPT, Dr. Scott Wright, the former director of admissions at UT Southwestern Medical School, former executive director at TMDSAS, the the whole application service for Texas medical schools. We have this discussion on Ask the Dean, which is our live Q&A that we do for our MAPT members, but we also put it out after for everyone on our MAPT YouTube channel, mapt.tv, M-A-P-P-D.tv, or in the Ask the Dean podcast. So you can go and hear his viewpoints on why master's degrees are usually seen as less than undergraduate coursework. With that said, there are just there are a lot of variables. Number one, what can you afford? Can you afford to go back and do undergraduate classes? Or did you do a master's because you had the financial aid to, to be able to support you in that? If that's the case, that's very common. And great, go do that and go apply to medical schools and hope that you've done enough in your master's level coursework for each of the schools that you're applying to. You could reach out to some of the schools you're planning on applying to and ask them, say, hey, here's my situation. Uh, Here's why I'm thinking I can't or don't want to go back to retake these undergraduate courses. Will my master's coursework help you overcome the fears that, that I am academically qualified for medical school? So you could you could reach out to them. At the end of the day, it really is up to you. But let me give you one caveat to that. It's very common for schools to have a very easy cutoff of 3.0 for their GPA. And I typically recommend if the math works out, if you can, and I'm talking specifically about undergraduate GPA, if you can take two or three or four of those classes to get your science GPA above a 3.0 while also improving your upward trend, then that will probably help a lot. And hopefully will open up the door for you at some schools that may have been closed because your science GPA is less than a 3.0. And so if you can get that science GPA above a 3.0, with the strong master's program, that will probably open more doors for you for you than just doing the master's, doing well in that, and applying with the less than 3.0 science GPA. At the end of the day, there's really no right or wrong. There's just what may work and where you may struggle, where some schools may potentially keep you back or keep you out of the running. And you have to do what is right for you. At the end of the day, you need the best grades possible, the best trend possible. And obviously for you specifically, and and I don't like to, to speak about the MCAT balancing out a poor GPA, but a strong MCAT never hurts anyone. And so I would try to go get as strong, uh, as good of an MCAT score as possible to improve your chances. Now, let's 
focus on the last question, and this is one that comes up a lot, is for a post-back and specifically a do-it-yourself post-back in this situation, should you register as a degree-seeking student, which usually affords you opportunities of an enrolled degree-seeking student, meaning you probably can register for classes before other students, etc., or should you just go and take classes at the institution without registering as a degree-seeking student. And that really depends. I would look at the institutions, look at what the rules and regulations and, and processes are that are in place at those institutions. Do they give much higher priority to degree-seeking students? What is the process if you are a degree-seeking student and drop out after a semester or two because you took the classes that you needed and you're done. If you do register as a degree-seeking student, are there mandatory general education courses that they're going to make you take before other courses? There are lots of things to think about when it comes to degree-seeking versus non-degree-seeking. But at the end of the day, usually it doesn't matter if you're degree-seeking or not, other than the one caveat that a lot of times you are given priority from a registration standpoint to get the classes that you need for your postback as a degree-seeking student. So that's one really big benefit to being a degree-seeking student. But, but don't confuse that. If you do say, hey, I'm going to get a second degree, that doesn't like obligate you to finish that degree. I think a lot of students are scared when we talk about that to, to really go in and declare a major, to declare another degree, because they think, well, now, now it's going to be some red mark on my application if I do not finish that second degree. Right? Students drop out of school all the time without finishing their first degree. All you're doing is gaming the system to get the classes that you need in the time frame that you need by saying, hey, I'm a, I'm a degree-seeking student. And, and again, this is actually a discussion that I've had on the Ask the Dean podcast with Dr. Scott Wright as well, is right, there are all these loopholes for students to, to take the classes they need to, to get what they want by registering as a degree-seeking student and then dropping out. And, and at the end of the day, the school should, should likely have pathways for students to do this kind of thing without... To being a degree-seeking student, because at the end of the day, that actually hurts the school. It hurts their stats because it looks like you're going to go get a degree and then you drop out and they don't want to see that. And so why don't they have better options for non-degree-seeking students who just need a few extra classes to improve GPAs, to improve uh, the trends, et cetera. So lots of thoughts there. Hopefully that was helpful. If you have a question you want asked or want answered here on the old pre-meds podcast, go to premedforms.com, register for an account. If you don't already have one, it is free for you to do that. And you can ask your question there. My team is constantly looking out for new great questions to answer here on the podcast. So go ask right now. And don't forget to go check out mappedmappd.com. Sign up for a free two-week trial, no credit card required. Start entering your courses, see where your GPA is. Remember that your GPA that you see on your transcript may not be the GPA that is calculated for your medical school application purposes. And with MAPT, you can calculate your TMDSAS, your ACOMIS, the DO application, and your AMCAS GPA. 
as well as see all your trends. You can track all of your courses. We have probably over 2 million courses at this point inside of MAPT. So if you've gone to University of Florida, say, uh, we should have all the classes you've ever taken. If you if we don't have a class because you took the class a long time ago, or maybe it's a brand new class that we don't have in our system, you can add it to the system, you can use it, and then we can approve it on the back end for other students to use. Uh, track your MCAT score, including your practice tests, and much more. This is just the beginning of MAPS with close to, if not over 2,000 students actively using it right now. We're hoping to, to just continue to improve on the platform and make it more useful for everyone, including advisors. Your advisors will be able to start using MAPS hopefully here in the near future as well. I hope you have a great week. We'll see you next time here on the Old Premeds Podcast. This is MedEd Media.